0: This is Cody Smith, and you're listening to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. What's going on, you guys, and welcome back to the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. So, hopefully, by now you have listened to the rebrand episode and you are joining us back here for uh, our first episode with the new name here. So again, same great information. Nothing's changed other than the uh, the name and the uh, the direction which we were heading here. But I appreciate everybody who's followed along for so long with the show through all of the old episodes, and uh, I'm just gonna keep bringing the fire for you guys. And I appreciate you always leaning, uh, lending me your ears. It's pretty cool to actually sit and think and to get messages from everybody and to see reviews. Just because it's a it's a crazy fact that you know. I've listened to podcast. I was listening to a podcast this morning on my way home, and it's cool to think that I am able to bring that same sort of information and impact to people, and it just means the world to me, and I appreciate it. Um, so but before we get into the show today, I want you to do me a favor, as always, take that screenshot on your phone, post it on your Instagram story, and then ratings and reviews, guys. Those are a big deal with getting this show to move up the charts, and that always helps and is a bargaining chip to get really good... Uh, to get you know, great uh, um, guests on this show. So do me a favor, give that rating review and then post on Instagram story and then tag me in it. I am at Coach Cody Smith on Instagram. And then really you can share it everywhere, anywhere. You can share it with a friend. You can put on your Facebook. Um, Again, doesn't really matter. Just share it, get this out to somebody and, um, you know, we'll keep bringing the information for you guys. So today's kind of a mix up and kind of a mash up of a bunch of different things. So we're gonna jump into what makes a good diet, how to be coach, dealing with when you hit those plateaus, and uh, gonna jump into to how to use carbohydrates as your, um, you know, for for um, your performance and to make it better. So we'll jump into each one of those things, and I'll go through it. And um, like always, if you have feedback or you got questions, follow up questions to some things that we go over and show today, by all means, let me know. So. You know, it's always hard to tell like what makes a good diet and to to really how, you know, to really see, you know, what, how good your nutrition is. Um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. There's, there's, there's really not a single best diet. I mean, well, at least when it comes to the whole conversation around diet, it it really depends because there's so many things out there. And I I just did a, a presentation this past weekend at my gym. We just started a challenge called the 14 for 14 challenge. But it's essentially going over the foundational habits of what we do for nutrition coaching, both for online clients and our in-person clients. And you know, inside of it, I got into this conversation and this explanation on like, the difference between a diet and nutrition. And I've actually recorded a show on that before. So a diet is essentially a way of looking at, you know, I eat this particular way. I'm going to, you know, there's this box and I'm going to eat everything that goes inside of that box and nothing outside of that. In my opinion, uh, an approach to a diet like that is something that's not very sustainable. And um, it's something that often leads to people failure or to people's failure. So if you, I mean, if you go to Barnes and Noble, if you go to really any bookstore, if you look up nutrition books online or Google, you're going to find 30, 40, 50, 60, probably even at this point hundred different people saying this diet is the best. This is the new way to X Y Z to do this, and and really, gosh, guys, it's like mind numbing to think to to try to keep up with all these different diet practices. <clears throat> and really, when it comes to like what you know makes a good diet, and, and I'm doing quote unquote like bunny ears right now. Like when it comes to what makes a good diet, there are specific principles that go inside of that. So. I'll kind of jump in through a a couple different pieces and then as I'm going through these like write them down think about like you know compare these against what you're currently doing compare these against the the ways that you eat and uh, see how you stack up really so a good diet controls how much or how little you eat daily aka calorie balance so you have to know that um, number one you can't eat too much if you eat too much it's You know, a a pretty much surefire way to to make sure that you will gain, you know, the unwanted weight. And if you're a coach listening to this, you have to know that, you know, creating awareness for your client and letting them know how much or how little they eat are are a really big deal because you, you really have two camps. You got people that eat too much and you got two people that eat way too little. And the the folks that eat way too little are going to have a hard time eating more and the folks that are eating more are going to have a hard time eating less. So teaching awareness of that through things like tracking and stuff like that are just super important. So when it comes to kind of putting, you know, what you're doing and what you're doing for clients into a good box, it all is going to be dependent on, you know, a control of how much or how little they're eating and making sure that you're putting them in a place that they are eating um, at a good calorie balance. So. When you're looking at your diet, when you're looking at your coach, your coaching clients' diets, we always want to check in on how is their calorie balance, how are they handling, you know, how little or how much food they are eating every single day. So that's number one. Number two, good diets give us nutrients daily; they are micronutrient rich. Now, for all my folks out there that are familiar with it, with you know, if it fits your macros and flexible dieting, all these things, this can be something that is kind of hard to, to, to digest. But in my opinion, a proper diet and a proper nutrition practice is gonna be centered around a micronutrient-dense food. Like sure, when it comes to body composition, you can eat whatever you want. You can eat cakes, you can eat Twinkies, you can eat, you know, they done the Chipotle diet, guy that done the, the Big Mac diet. Like sure, you can um, eat whatever you want and you can change your body composition in theory. But when it comes to health, when it comes to longevity, when it comes to all these things, when it comes to you, you know your 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 organs and, and how well or or, or or you know digestion, all these things. When it comes to those pieces of the puzzle, it's important to make sure that you're having a good amount of micronutrients every day. So, what does that look like? Well, that looks like having enough fruits and vegetables every day. That looks like having you know most of your foods being coming from whole foods, right? That comes from less things out of a box, less eating out, less fast food restaurants making sure that you're making your own foods that's really the only surefire way to make sure that you have a micronutrient rich diet every single day so that's number two number three a good diet actually helps you to feel good right i can't tell you how many people eat a certain way and just feel like absolute garbage i mean there's many clients that i've taken on that come from like a keto background or a paleo background or a vegan background and as we start to change little make all these small changes in their life or make all these small changes in their nutrition they they always share with me like how bad they used to feel, how tired, how they had trouble sleeping, how they were always stressed, how their stomach always felt bloated and 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 you know they always felt gassy like all these things come from diets that don't make you feel good. So when it comes to like looking at like what makes a you know good nutrition or a good diet Um, One key element is you have to make sure that you feel good Now, that. That goes without saying like if you're in a cut period, you know, you've gone through a good long maintenance period period and you go into a cut period. There is going to be a point where you're not going to like, you know, there's going to be certain segments where you're going to kind of feel tired depending on how deep you are in your cut. Now that is normal. However, generally speaking, you should feel pretty decent all the time. And if you do your nutrition properly, if you do a good maintenance period and you do a, a solid cut period and you go through a reverse diet and back into a maintenance period, like if you do all these things, right, you can actually feel pretty good through most of it. Um, if you have a, you know, a, a good functioning, um, metabolism along the way. So, uh, a good diet helps you to actually feel good. Number four, <clears throat> good diet is sustainable long-term. All right, so there's this really cool quote um, from BioLane here. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. I'm trying to remember what it is. Right, I'm not gonna be able to find it here while I'm recording this, but um, it says something along the lines is as, as something along the lines of it. You know, a diet isn't a good diet unless it's something that can be sustained long term. Right? And, it, and if you go and you look up anything that you know Lane Norton says on um, any of his social channels or any of his you know content, um, it's always going to be centered around of like something that people can do for a long period of time. So this is why diets like keto, diets like paleo, why you know really crazy you know diets that are huge calorie deficits or where a lot of bodybuilders and physique competitors really struggle is because these diets are not sustainable long term. And i and I can think of two clients that I'm working with right now that are gonna be preparing for a physique show next April. <clears throat> and we kind of had like a, you know, we did our consult call. I do I do a consult call with my remote and individual training um, programming clients and nutrition clients, because I just think every four weeks they need a touch point with their coach and they need that little kick in the butt and they need that kind of reset. And, um, you know, we've essentially, we're setting up new targets and, you know, what's next for these two ladies. And the big thing that they really were centered around is competing in their first physique show. One of them has done a few, a few physique shows before and the other one had not. But something I shared with them, I said, look, if I'm going to work with you, if I'm going to do your training and nutrition, if I'm going to take care of these things for you, it's going to not be something that is going to be aggressive and crazy. We're going to do this the right way. We're going to take our time. I just have this belief that you can go through a full cut period and a reverse diet period and a prep period if you're a physique competitor and still be just fine if it's done correctly. Now, sure, if for a physique competitor, there's gonna be a time period of time where we're gonna start drawing out water and trying to make you nice and lean. However, I also think that it's not gonna be something detrimental to your hormones because I can't tell you how many people that I've seen that have gone through, you know, a, a big aggressive prep period and you know their their adrenals and their hormones are just wrecked. I mean, a lot of female clients from that during that time, they won't even have a period just because their hormones are so crazy. And if you think about your body is so stressed out that it like you're not having a period that is literally a signal that your body is not healthy and does not feel confident enough in itself to bring a, a, another human into the world and 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 sure like there's obviously there's you know deeper hormone issues involved in that but that's a mechanism that is in place for you know what would be the health of a baby and for your body to prevent things from happening because you're not you're you're either malnourished or overstressed or you're you're having dysfunction to a level that your body doesn't feel safe to produce a you know an embryo. So um, just something to think about if you're looking at whatever you're going to do, whatever diet, whatever nutrition practice you do, it has to be something that you could look at to be sustainable long term. Things like keto, intermittent fasting, paleo, all these things are not something that people can do long-term there will be breaks inside of there and sometimes it can lead to binge eating and you know bad a bad relationship with food so just some things to consider there number five a good diet involves awareness and education on how so i want you to remember this quote education drives compliance education drives compliance you can also say awareness precedes change right so if you think you know When, and I'm just reading, I'm reading something right now called The Conscious Coach from a guy named, uh, I think his name is Brett Bartholomew. Bartholomew. And he was essentially going through like, what's these different types of athletes? You know, you've got the thinker, the mouthpiece. There's one that's like, um, gosh, the soldier. There's all these different athletes. But one that really stuck out to me was the one where, when he was describing the characteristics of this type of client or this type of athlete, where it was like the one that asks lots of questions and challenges you. And and I, I can think of a couple of clients that I have right now that ask a ton of questions, ask why for everything, and, and challenge me. So I, there, there's two ways that as coaches we can look at this. Number one, we can look at it as like, you know, you know you, you've got a coach that could be frustrated, like, why can't you just do the work? Why don't you know that I know everything? Like, just follow, like, would you, why do you question me so much? Like, that's one way that as a coach, you can go about it. And the other way could look at it as you could explain the exact why as to how you're doing something, which could get bigger buy-in from your, co- from your client. So if you explain to them why you're doing something, why it's important, why they should care, then they're going to buy in more to the process. And this is especially important when we're talking about nutrition. When you teach people You know and make them aware of certain things and you educate them on why they are important you will get more buy-in and more longevity over time from that person and for you if you're you know just an athlete listening to this and you're you're looking at like this whole conversation around a good diet then it is up to you to understand why the diet you're following is working for you not from a diet book but from like places like PubMed places like examine.com like go to these sites and learn from non-biased information sources. You can't go into the diet book, read about the diet book, or read why from the diet book and then believe that. Now, and sometimes there is some kernels of truth in there, but for the most part, it's all driven for you to do that diet to buy more of their stuff, right? So if you really think about that, be more educated, be more aware on the how behind your diet. All right, number six, a good diet is based on an in target. So I can't tell you how important it is to know where you're going. So when I personally set goals, there's always what I want, why I want it, how I'm gonna get there. So when it comes to like dieting and that whole conversation, we have to know what the end result is. We have to know where we're going. If you're having trouble sticking to your diet, if you're having trouble doing what you need to do, you are misaligned with where you're heading. So you have to give a lot of intention and a lot of, a lot of thought around where are you heading? What is that end goal? What is that target? If you're struggling with motivation, if you're struggling with discipline, if you're struggling with the outcome that you are seeking, it is almost always tied to you having an invalid target or lack thereof. So when it comes to having a good diet, if you're a coach listening to this or your client or you're an athlete, listening to this. Make sure that if you're a coach, that you are very specific in making sure that your clients are setting up targets, that you are challenging them and you're asking them more around why they want things. Because if you can tie a valid enough why to something, then it is, again, back to this whole buy-in conversation, you can get more people bought in on what they need to do long term. And if you're an athlete listening to this, know where you're heading, know why you want to be there, and then and only then do the how. How? Know what you want, know why you want it, then figure out how you're going to get there. And and if you need somebody to help you with that, as always, reach out to me, shoot me an email. You can work with my team and I, we'd love to help you to get, you know, your programming and your nutrition on point. You can send me an email, virtuousfit.com. You can reach out to me on Instagram. You can check out our gym. We got a coaching application in, in our link there. There are tons of ways that you can get help with that. But if you're going to do this by yourself, make sure that you have an end target as to where you're going, so those are the six things really that can help you to figure out um, whether or not your diet practice is you know is essentially good or not. So let's jump into the second thing: the truth about carbs and and really how to use them for your benefit. So um, it seems like carbs are are, are are a hot debate always, and it's something I probably get asked about you know at least once or twice with every single new. Cl- you know, nutrition coaching client that we take on or every programming client because there's just this, there's a stigma attached to it. And, uh, somebody actually shared with me the other day that the only time they, they can lose weight is when they cut carbs and that, you know, what, what we're, in some cases that can be true, but really if you're looking to perform at every level, if you're looking to build muscle, if you're looking to just feel good, you know, carbs are the fuel. Carbs are your, your, the fuel for your fire. And um, I, really our bodies prefer um, carbs over fats all day long. So making sure that we're eating them and we're using them appropriately is really important. So um, I wanna talk about different ways that you can use them and different ways that you can use them for yourself or for your coaching clients. And um, you know, we'll talk specifically right now about pre, uh, intra, and then post-workout carb intakes. So for, for pre-workout carbs, we always wanna make sure that we consume anywhere between 30, we consume these anywhere between 30 and uh, you know, 120 minutes before your session. And, and obviously, like, I don't wanna give like a blanket statement as to how many carbs you, could, you should take in because ultimately that's gonna be dependent on you know, how many you're eating daily anyways or how many you're not eating daily. Um, but as far as like, timing is concerned, 30 to 120 minutes before your session is gonna be ideal. Um, You want to eat things that are easily digestible. So we're talking, you know, rice, sweet potatoes, fruit, um, potato, like any potatoes, really something that your body can break down really, really fast, turn it into glycogen, get it to your muscles and allow you to utilize that as fuel as fast as possible. Um, I think that I I wouldn't really recommend drinking, you know, pre-workout carbs because um, they're liquids and you're going digest you're gonna digest them really, really fast. And, and depending on timing, like you can you know you can drink them and then actually use them before you get into your training for the day. But eat something before and that's going to be ideal. I personally like to use fruit in that um, particular setting, but just something to think about. Ideally, start having something carb rich anywhere between 30, <clears throat> 30 minutes to about one hundred twenty minutes or two hours before your session. So, if you're going to do intra-workout carbs, intra-workout carbs are for those of you out there who have longer sessions or very strenuous sessions, or you're a more performance-based athlete. That's the only time really you would want to use uh, carbohydrates during your workout to your advantage. Um, if you're going to consume carbs, you probably want to get it from like th- there's some companies out there that'll tell you to do something like high sugar, like Gatorade or Kool-Aid powder, and I, and I've done that in the past, and you know it works pretty well, but it is high sugar. And sometimes you don't feel too hot after that. But if you're going to, I would definitely recommend using something like a highly branched cyclic dextrin. Um, it's a very fast-digesting carbohydrate sword. You can get quick absorption, absorption, absor- absorption, that's a hard word today, guys, of nutrients, and you can get a really fast recovery. And um, I think if your workouts are going to last longer than an hour, that's a time when you would want to do something like that. And I would just say maybe in between sets. Moving from exercise to exercise, just go take a sip of your intra-workout drink. You can always throw a little bit of protein in that as well. Um, So that's for your intra-workout carbs. Um, So utilizing carbs for your advantage post-workout. This is where now speed is the name of the game. We got to get our body out of a a sympathetic place and into a parasympathetic place. The best way to do that is through ingestion of carbohydrates. So... We want to take something again, like if you're going to do an intra workout shake, maybe sip on it and then finish it after your training. But post-workout, if you're not going to do an intra workout, and this is really for anybody, like everybody should do a post-workout shake. You want to have it, you know, anywhere between like immediately following your workout and then up to three hours after. And again, everybody should do this. Carbs like stop the stress response from your training and it initiates the recovery process. And, um, we, we, we want to do that because we want to get our body out of that and into just a better place and, 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 and moving forward and starting to repair itself. So making sure that you are doing that is going to be super important. So that's really, um, just a quick tidbit on how to use carbs for your, or to your advantage. Okay. So let's jump into how to break through plateaus. Um, and again, a lot of these are coming from client questions and just things that I wanted to speak on. Cause a lot of times, like if one person is thinking about it, oftentimes a lot of people are thinking about it. So um, really you can break through plateaus and, and get better with just a couple easy steps. And uh, you know, just know that all people go through periods of time where uh, your progress is going to slow down, especially if you've been training for a long time. And, and plateaus are just super common. There was periods of time where I went through plateaus. And as long as your training um, it, it is done right and you're, and you're adhering to these other couple principles I'm going to go over here, you can stop you can start moving forward. Don't worry, don't get all stressed out. Uh, you know, if you have a coach, there's things that you and your coach can do to ramp your progress up again and to get out of these times. And um, really when it comes to breaking through a plateau, there's, there's, there's one particular place you should look always. And these are questions that I ask my clients right away. Like if a client feels like they're not progressing forward, I start asking questions like, uh, how are you sleeping? Um, are you sleeping long enough? What is the quality of your sleep? How's your nutrition? Are you stressed out? Are you drinking enough water? Um, All these things are a big deal because a lot of times it's something simple. Like if you're stuck in your training and you go like, well, shoot, I'm sleeping four or five hours a night. Well then fix that and then go back and check if you're progressing again. And then, you know, when you're sleeping enough, then it's like, okay, but I'm only eating, you know, I'm a hundred, I'm a 185 pound man and I'm only eating 1200 calories a day. Well. Let's go ahead and let's add more calories. Let's look at your carbohydrates. Let's look at your fat intake. Let's look at your protein intake. And then let's go back and see if you're progressing again. And then we'll move on to like, well, how stressed are you? Is work really stressing you out? Are you so stressed out by your kids that you're not sleeping well and not eating well? Like these things can all start to to cascade on each other. And then, then we come to find out that you're dehydrated most of the time on top of that as well. So if we start to shift these things and change them, A lot of times that is the first place that people need to go when they're stuck in a plateau. Now, another way you can frame it too is that if you do have all those things in line and you are still kind of stuck in a place, look at, let's look at this more as an opportunity. Like we'll, we'll change it from the whole thought of like you're failing or you stopped and we'll start to look at it as an opportunity to refine your lifestyle, to get better at you know the various skills that you may have. If you're you know a CrossFit athlete, like is this a time that you can work on your handstand push-ups, on your handstand walking, because maybe your strength numbers aren't going up? That is an opportunity for you to look like to to move on your skills or to 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 look at trying to get to new levels with those. And sometimes just that shift in perspective can really help you to shift out of you know that. Um, that mindset that you be, you may be struggling with. Um, so again, if you're in a plateau and and you know you're having trouble dealing with it or you're having trouble breaking through it, I would start 100% on looking at your lifestyle and then looking at shifting your perspective into how well. If I'm stuck here, where is somewhere else that I can improve in? If you're stuck at you know if you're a person trying to build muscle and you can't get your closet to develop, well. You know, maybe you can maintain your quads, but work on pushing harder on your upper body pushing movements. Or, you know, maybe you're stuck in your pushing movements, but you're like, hey, I'm gonna work on getting my vertical pulling better. Like, there's always an opportunity to grow and to get better. Ultimately, it's gonna come on the back of you kind of shifting your perspective and making sure that your lifestyle factors are in order. Okay, so last one we're gonna jump into is how to be coached. So, whether you're a coach listening to this, a coach should have a coach always. I've got two coaches right now. You should do the same thing. Um, it, you know, for coaches listening to this, if you are a coach and you do not have a coach, you're going to actually have a lot harder time selling coaching. I just posted on you know the time of recording this. I just posted yesterday on my sto- on my um, on my feed and my story that I was going to take on a couple mentor clients to help them to grow their coaching and their their gym business and. Um, I, I'm not going to do this a big thing. I'm a, I, I'm not going to get it twisted. Like I'm a coach. Uh, I coach my own clients, but, uh, and I don't want to like look at myself as a business coach. Like I just want to mentor people. And, you know, I've been in the industry for 10 years and there's some things that I can share with people to help them to grow their business. And I've done it a few times in the past. And, uh, I guess this was like my first time formally announcing it. Um, cause it, it's just pretty cool to help. You know, a, a lot of people will spend time just trying to do things on their own and they really struggle uh, so anyways, just gonna, my, my mentorship is open for people and I'm going to take on a couple more and, um, something that's important for me is like, I can very easily speak to like how important it is to have a coach because I have like my own and I pay for mentoring and business coaching as well. So, uh, if you're listening to this, number one, you should make sure you have a coach trying to do on your own. is just going to make you, mo- going to make you go slower, invest in yourself, invest in moving forward. You're worth it. Okay. So that's number one. Um, number three, or number two, we need to understand how to be coached. Okay, so really, there's, there's really three steps and three different ways that I found when I'm coaching people. And, 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 you know, for myself, when I've gone through coaching three different things that I've kind of run into. So really, the the first phase of coaching and, and or, or I'll say, the first tier and where some people can fall into is the type of people that take things personal. So it's kind of hard to to think sometimes like, you know, as humans, we always want to kind of just, well, for me, maybe we always want to kind of do it on our own and figure it out. So when we get that feedback from our coach, the first thing we might be like, is, you know, like, uh, we might kind of think like that we're in trouble or take it personal. Like, what do you mean? I'm not doing, um, like, or just take it to a place to where, instead of looking at it as feedback, we look at it as something that is a personal attack. And that's just gonna stop your results and and I can think of and I, and you know it's kind of funny this is kind of a one of those dichotomies right but when I hired my first business coach and at the time I was just starting up my martial arts business he was essentially saying that it was stupid for me to try to do both and that I needed to focus on one and I took it so personal because I felt attacked as if like he didn't have my best interests at heart and he was basically making me do something that he wanted me to do versus really like I paid him for his advice. I paid him for, I paid him to be able to ask him questions and him give me feedback and unbiased feedback. And I, and I took it personal. Now, granted I didn't take his advice and I kept going, but the advice I did take for him was I started delegating everything with that. So as I started delegating things inside of my martial arts business, it grew and I took his advice and started taking things less personal and took them more as feedback. So that's really the first phase if you're getting coached and you're taking things personal remember that you pay for that advice and you pay for that guidance and it's up for you to soak it in as much as possible so that's kind of the first phase so the second phase is getting defensive right so after you take things personal and somebody gives you feedback and you start pushing back against that person again go back to the thought that you pay for that advice you pay for those questions you pay for that guidance You pay for the direction for, or or for that direction from your coach or person and getting defensive is only getting in the way of your results. And if you're a person that wants to move forward and, and if you're listening to this podcast, I hope that you're a person that's looking to expand. You cannot be defensive when you get feedback from your coach. You have to be open to, um, to, to that unbiased opinion from that person so that you can move forward. Um, and if you're, you know, you're a coach dealing with some of these things can maybe talk to them about the the different tiers and, and remind them like, you know, I'm the coach and you not like I'm the coach, you should listen, but more along the lines of, you know, you pay for me to pay me for this advice. I'm your advocate. I'm your person that am am, am thinking outside of you. And I can think of a couple of clients right now that I'll coach and they really struggle with certain things and just always reminding them that I'm here for you. I have your best interests at heart. I get nothing out of, you know, you not being successful or you being stuck anywhere. So just know that if I'm giving you advice, I really think that it is the best thing for you. So um, if you're defensive or if you find clients that are defensive, those are things that you can kind of work off. And that's really the second tier of people when they get coached. Now, the last the last group of people in the last tier and, and one, this can really go two ways. So one way could be. A person quitting and saying, like, screw you, I'm done, I don't need you anymore, and, and they they leave. Like, sure, you're gonna see those people. But really, the 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 way that we should all strive to go, and the way that the the vast majority of people that get something out of a coaching relationship go is they become coachable, they start taking ownership of the things that are being said to them, they start applying things, right? Like I, I just recently started another podcast called the Men on the Rise Podcast. And I really thought that, you know, as an example, I need to take this podcast and I needed to turn it into the men on the rise podcast. And my coach shared with me and my mentor was like, look, you love talking about nutrition and fitness. You love helping people in that department. Why not do both? And I looked at that as kind of overwhelming the sense that there's no way I'm going to be able to handle two podcasts. Who am I to think that I can do both at the same time? I have enough trouble keeping up with one. And that's just me being transparent with you guys. So. When i took ownership of that and remind reminded myself that you know i pay him for his advice i pay him for his opinion it would make sense that i take his advice and i put it into play you know and here we are you know two months removed from that conversation and just as he said i am successfully doing both podcasts i'm recording this for you record another episode on the on the other show yesterday like things are going good so i took ownership of his advice and I, I, I was coachable and I put that into play and here we are moving forward. So those just kind of as a, as a review here, guys, uh, the three stages of, you know, being coached or, or things you might find yourself or, or if you're a coach listening to this, the type of clients that you might run into are going to be those that take it personal, those that get defensive and then the two way split between either taking ownership or quitting. So it's up to you listening to this right now. Do you have a coach? Probably should go get one. Reach out to me. I'd love to coach you. If you do have a coach already, which tier are you? Do you take things that your coach says to you personal? Do you get defensive? Do you quit or do you take ownership? The ones that take ownership are the ones that move forward. I have yet to meet a single person, you know, entrepreneur that's really successful, successful competitive athlete, person that is successful with changing the things in their body. I have yet to see a single person that is successful, that doesn't take ownership and doesn't have a coach of their own, period. Especially if you're selling coaching, you have to make sure that you pay for coaching because then you can speak to that and speak to its power, okay? So, hope that was helpful to you guys today and I hope that as you're listening to this, you're either driving into work or you're at the gym getting it in and I hope your workout's amazing. I hope that you're having a nice safe drive and that um, you know wherever you're coming to this show from, I hope that it's just a great day for you and uh, thanks for listening. And then as always, give that rating a review and then uh, reach out to me if you need anything. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and tuning into the Virtuous Fitness Podcast. I release episodes every single week. You can find me at Coach Cody Smith in the gym at Virtuous Fitness WA on Instagram to stay up to date with all things Virtuous Fitness. Before you go, head over to iTunes and give this show a rating review. That is how we grow this show and make it even more impactful for you. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.